thickmedia.com presents Consumption with hosts P.G. Holyfield, Chooch, Viv, and Christiana Ellis. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to uh, another episode of specficmedia.com presents Consumption. This is episode 20, uh, which is for Wednesday, February 19th, 2014. Uh, I am, we have a, a very small crew today. <laughs> uh, Chooch and Viv are under the weather, and uh, Scott Roche, who was going to join us, is in the middle of moving, and uh, I think he uh, couldn't make it. Uh, he didn't respond to Alas. my email. So it is me, PG Holyfield, and the wonderful Christiana Ellis. How are you doing, Christiana? Uh, wonderful, apparently. Wonderful. Yeah, well, yeah, you are. Um, we are going, we haven't been on for, I guess it's three weeks now, because uh, yeah. we had a break and then we had bad weather last week, or at least I definitely had bad weather. A foot of snow in Charlotte, North Carolina is uh, not the best thing uh, for that city, that's for sure. So, yeah. um, so we canceled last week and now uh, we are back. Uh, we are uh, preparing for the uh, return of Game of Thrones, uh, April 6th. Crap. Fiddling with big, my camera. The big <laughs> yes. long trailer that came out uh, a week ago, two weeks ago. Um, looks great, but uh, mm-hmm. there was another trailer. We might as well talk about that. This is more your baby than mine. Although <laughs> it does look good, um, and that would be the Guardians of the Galaxy trailer. Hooked so, on uh, a feeling. <laughs> that was the best part. Was the, was the last uh, thirty seconds with that? But uh, yeah. yeah. Oh man, I am so excited. I am so excited about um, this movie. I think more than any of the other Marvel movies so far, except maybe the Avengers. Um, I'm excited about this one. Um, I'm a relative newcomer to the characters in the comics. I've been reading the current run of the Guardians of the Galaxy comic, but that's only been going about maybe a little over a year, I think. And so before that, I really didn't know anything about them. But um, it's... Just, it's space opera in a very sort of, like, there's some serious stuff that happens, but there's definitely a layer of humor over it, and, you know, I think the trailer really indicates that, and uh, yeah, it's it was, just... That was the biggest thing for me, was the, you know, I'd, I had not read the comic book at all, or any of the, or any of the history, except when they announced it, you know, went to Wikipedia and started looking at things, mm-hmm. but... Uh, you know, I'd heard that it that it you know has that layer of humor that that isn't present in a lot of the other properties, and mm-hmm. yeah, that really really came through. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fun, which is yeah. which is cool. Uh, I mean, basically, what you've got is five sarcastic outlaw rebels slash heroes that are essentially rebelling against everybody who's too serious all the time, and that's kind of. It's, it's, <laughs> that's sort of a short way to describe what they've got going on. And uh, so it's a lot of fun. The The characters, it's just a, it's an interesting combination. Um, plus, it's just space opera. It's exciting. You know, I feel like we've been missing 
science fiction with this kind of tone. I mean, mm-hmm. there's 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 really just not very much. I mean, science fiction is always so dire anymore. You know, it's uh, you know, it's always you know, end of the world stakes, and who knows, maybe that'll happen here. But obviously, it's all kind of with a, a wink and a nod, too. Um, right. And uh, you know, the fact that they cast Chris Pratt. Um, as Peter Quill, aka Star Lord, um, yes, and what a, what a wonderful uh, so name. my my understanding too is that at least in terms of the original origin of the character, Star Lord was not intended to be a like a dumb sort of made up name. It was kind of like straight up superhero name, right? He's Star Lord, of course he is. But right. I like that their the the take on it is that. It's basically him trying to make catch on a badass sounding name. <laughs> right. I, I really like, I mean, you know, we talk about trailers and how, how they are created and what they convey and, you know, do mm-hmm. they show too much? But I think like the first 30 seconds of that was nearly perfect. Just the whole idea. You have the, you know, Indiana Jones type thing where he's, you know, looking at this artifact and, and grabs it. And then he's mm-hmm. you know, surprised, and he says, "You know, I'm Star Lord." And then they're like, "Who?" So well, like, but but even before that, there's just this immediate like, "Okay, you guys got it. I'm I'm giving up. I am not <laughs> resisting at all. It's exactly. all fine. Please just put the guns." Away. You know, it's like, right? No, I, no, I have no resistance here. Um, he is, yeah. So I I like I liked that a lot too, just in the sense that. Um, He's, you know, he's kind of a, a pragmatic character. He's got his own stuff going on, but he's also not um, not suicidal. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I, but I think, too, you know, because they are all criminals to one degree or another, um, I think he probably also kind of knows, listen, having to go to jail for getting caught stealing something <laughs> is not worth dying. You know, like that's that's okay. It's not, not that big a deal. You know, you could go and be in jail for a while and then you'll probably get out at some point. And it's like, Uh, (laughs) it's one of those uh, trailers that's just packed with images and things. And, you know, they have the, the overlays when they're like describing the five characters and the, you know, the, the peacekeepers or whoever that are there that are, you know, going over it and has the stuff flashing up all of the crimes. They are the Nova Corps. The um, that's that's yes. uh that's what they are. Yes, I will I will get slammed for not knowing my lingo for this. Uh, uh, for <laughs> well, this that's property, okay. I mean, but. certainly the Marvel cosmic stuff is is something that I think a lot fewer people are familiar with. Right. It's an interesting choice for the Marvel movies. Now, I love it, but it is I think unusual in that regard because you know even like if we want to say. Iron Man was kind of a you know C-list hero in a lot of people's minds before the movie came out. Um, but I think a lot of people had at least kind of heard of him. They had heard of Iron yeah. Man, you know what I mean? But like almost everything in this whole movie is going to be stuff that people have never even heard of before. I mean, okay. I like everything that they've shown so far has zero connection to any of the rest of the Marvel universe as shown so far. I think the only exception is that the character played by Benicio del Toro gets a split second shot in the trailer, and he was also in the post-credit sequence of Thor two, and that's so far the only obvious connection between 
mm. all the other movies in this one. Um, right. So, but uh, what I will say actually also is that another link that's not obvious from what's shown in the trailer is that uh, Gamora, the green woman, is sort of, uh, in the comics at least, she's like an adopted daughter that eventually turns against him of Thanos, who oh, is apparently okay. going to be this overall big bad. The He's big the, guy, the purple yeah. guy we see at the end of the Avengers. Right. Um, and then uh, Nebula, who is the the blue bald lady played by uh, um, Karen Gillian. Karen Gillian uh, is like the legit daughter of uh, of Thanos. And uh, guess what? Those two don't like each other very much. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> should be fun. Yeah. And so I'm I am super psyched. Um, not least just because of the stuff we've seen before looks great, but uh, also just James Gunn, the director. Mm-hmm. Um, makes weird movies and so the fact that they chose him for this makes it sound like they're going for weird on this which i i love and uh you know so he's he did uh slither Slither, which is kind of a horror comedy but uh it's got a lot of fun stuff going on in there and then super which Mm -hmm. was kind of a great dark take on superhero movies that i feel like that's it really is the movie that sort of Kick-Ass was pretending it was going to be. As in being a little bit more like, what would it really take for a real person to actually put on a costume and try to go fight crime? And the answer is not that it just becomes another comic book, only they have no, they don't have powers, technically. Um, in that one, it's literally he is um, suffering from delusions that God is telling him to do it. Um, his way that he fights crime is uh, after getting the crap kicked out of him the first time when he goes at it unarmed, he uh, gets a big pipe wrench and he literally just sneaks up on people and hits them on the head with the wrench and then runs away. That's that's his crime fighting <laughs> <laughs> technique. Um, uh, and it, it, but it's 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 really dark humor, but it's super right. funny and kind of twisted and. And so I'm loving the idea that this is the guy they they picked for this. Um, yeah, and it's, it's such a weird property. I'm just excited by everything yeah, about I could, it. I can tell. And it's like, you know, I mean, my favorite comic book, Marvel comic books growing up was Fantastic Four. And that always had a little bit of humor. But when it, you know, it did not translate into the movies very well. And and it seems even just from this trailer that the, the humor is it works at least for what they've shown. So mm-hmm. I mean, it's definitely a good sign overall. And, um, you know, look forward to it. You did see a movie recently. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you, you're smiling already. So, uh, <laughs> talk about the Lego movie. The Lego movie is super, super fun. You saw it too, didn't you? I no. did not. So oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm okay. I plan on going to see it, but uh, yes, um, everyone should go see it because it's super fun. Um, well, so oddly enough, it also stars Chris Pratt, um, which is kind of just a total coincidence, but uh, uh, a fun one. He is the voice of the main character in the Lego movie. Uh, it's If anybody has seen the trailer, uh, the movie's pretty much like that. So um, if the trailer is, is funny to you, then uh, go see it. And, you know, it's pretty much 
jokes straight out of the the movie, but all pretty much from early on. So uh, once you get past the stuff that's in the trailer, it's all it's all new. Um, and despite being just you know fun looking in just the visual style they've chosen for the the movie, and I and I by that I don't just mean that all the people are Lego figures, but also <coughs> just the idea that everything looks vaguely like. You know, it's not even like the Lego video games where everything is pretty much just, you know, smooth CGI that's shaped like Legos. This one, really more effort is made to make it look like this is real actual little plastic Lego guys mm. moving around almost like it's stop motion. Although my understanding is that it, it really was still all done in the computer. But um, so that's kind of a cool idea. And then it's just super funny but it also has a surprisingly nuanced message in a couple of ways. Um, the themes are pretty impressive for a kid's movie um, that I, they really work in a way that I was not expecting because in some ways people could criticize it as being a two-hour toy movie, and it is exactly that. I mean, it is a two-hour toy commercial. It's a very effective one, too. Um, but that does not mean that it's also bad. You know what I mean? It's um, So it takes a couple of ideas. One is, for example, the, the, the whole premise of the movie. This goes just a little bit beyond um, uh, what's shown in the trailer. But the, the idea is that Emmett this main character lives in this Lego world where everybody follows the instructions all the time. They have just little instruction books that tell them how to do everything. <laughs> like they, so like okay. this, this bit from the trailer where he's, he's getting up and saying hello to all his furniture and doing jumping jacks and everything. And um, he's literally following instructions that say like, get up, get dressed, exercise, <laughs> eat breakfast, watch TV, <laughs> listen to popular music go to work, all of that sort of thing. So it's everybody just always follows the instructions. Um, but uh, he still has a little bit of trouble fitting in, partly just because there doesn't really seem to be anything specifically original about him. Like, you know, he's construction worker guy, whereas all the other Lego figures seem to have some little thing that's special about them, you know, that, that's interesting. It's like, oh... This guy is the guy who eats sausage all the time, and that guy is the guy who has the big beard, and you know, and it's literally stuff like that. But he just seems very generic, and like it's revealed that like he's always trying to get his coworkers are always talking about like what do they do after work, and he's trying to get invited to go to places, and they never do, they never invite him, and all that. Um, but then of course he meets the uh, the 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 girl character whose name is Wildstyle and she is a master builder which means that she can actually like she can see the pieces that make up everything around them and use those to make her own things without any instructions and this it's like a superpower it's like being you know it's like you're the one in the matrix right um, and so at first the whole this whole theme is this idea of like oh how kind of sad and limiting it is to be someone that only follows the instructions. And isn't it better to be able to use your imagination like this and all that. But 
that would be good enough by itself, but it actually takes that to another level later. And I won't go into the details, but basically the idea is that you have all these people who always do their own thing, but they can't really work together as a team because they're all kind of trying to do their own thing and none of them can actually come together and do like a group activity because they're all trying to do it their own way. And so the that aspect of the message, which fits perfectly into the idea that it's a commercial for Legos, is that <laughs> sometimes you follow the instructions and that's good. And sometimes you use your imagination and that's also good. And both ways to play are fun. And so, you know, yeah. you know, when I say it like that in the context of it being a commercial, it sounds silly, but like it really makes all of that work with the story. It, does, it doesn't right. feel like a heavy-handed moral. It really just that's what builds out of the story. And girls should not feel like they have to use pink Legos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, the uh, – we have here's been, another – We what? have been, we have been joined. <laughs> Aw. I've been joined by Bo for the for the show, so he's saying, "Oh, you don't put me on camera. I'm not made up. I have my ears down." (laughs) Um, But then there's actually another really interesting um, aspect of it too, um, which is again kind of a nuanced message for uh, a kids' movie, which is just the idea of, you know, like what makes someone special. Uh, Well it basically makes the case that a huge part of it is really just someone deciding that they're going to be special. It's not necessarily something that you are born with and automatically true about you no matter what, because you might have some hidden talent, but if you don't actually ever do anything with it, then are you really special just because theoretically, hypothetically, you have this ability? Or likewise, maybe you don't necessarily have any inherent talent, but if you decide that you want to be do something special, you can work at it and make it happen. And so being special is largely about deciding to be special, not just something that you're either born with or not. And I, and and I liked got, all of those things about it. <laughs> and you've got DC characters and... Mm-hmm. Do you have Marvel characters too? Um, no, my match? guess is that they they don't, which is a little disappointing. But I suspect that basically what it was is that it's one thing to make the toys, but when it came to having a theatrical movie, um, DC was probably saying, "Yeah, you can have the rights, but we don't want you to include the Marvel ones." <laughs> which yeah. you know is is fine. There's because <laughs> they they have a lot of fun with the DC the DC characters, but just given that Lego certainly does make Marvel sets, uh, uh, is, is, you know, <laughs> I, I missed them a little bit, but yeah. at the same time, Lego Batman is absolutely one of the highlights of, uh, of the movie. He's just so great voiced by, uh, Will Arnett, Will Arnett mm-hmm. um, who many will know as uh, Job from Arrested Development. Um, and he, <laughs> it's just so funny. So I think overall, there's all of these other, you know, deeper, more complex things about the movie. But basically, the best thing about it is that it is just super funny. Very good. Very good. Yeah, I look forward to seeing that. Uh, Let's see. Any other movies that you've seen? 
Um, well, weeks. I mean, it, I've I have seen others since we last had an episode. Let me think. Um, trying to see what because uh, I'm I'm still doing my Oscar marathon, although I've that's slowed down on me a little bit um, uh, recently. But since since we last talked, I saw. Trying to remember what I had seen since the last time. None of it was in the last like week and a half, so I'm a little right. bit it's blending out. I don't know. I, well, I don't know. know that I have anything specific that I feel yeah. like talking about right now. Yeah, um, I've been spending most of my watching time on TV. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we've we've we have spoken briefly, but I've definitely gotten into uh, Veronica Mars. So, oh, so uh, good, isn't it? Yeah. The, I was so surprised. I mean, I probably saw a couple episodes, of course, like it was in the middle of it. You know, I kept hearing about it and, you know, it was a little lost and it seemed a little soap opera, you know, high school soap opera at times. And mm-hmm. um, But watching it from the beginning and just the, the pilot is almost a perfect hour of television so good in fact that it the rest of the first season really couldn't match up um to it because you know they really went for the whole noir feel and you know there was always this this sense of real danger you know Mm -hmm. whether it's to her and they certainly, you know, keep it up with with the storyline and you know investigation of the murder and that type of thing. But when it, you know, when as as shows like that have to do, and they have to get the story of the week in addition to the over mm-hmm. overarching mystery, you know, it, it couldn't quite hold its uh, the power of the of you know of how much I enjoyed the pilot. But yeah, I, I made it through the first season. I mean, it's really really good. Um, mm-hmm. Didn't. Didn't see what was coming, which was cool, and uh, you know, probably I guess about four or five episodes into the second season, and mm-hmm. it's still, still, uh, still good. I think you had said that after the first, I mean, the second, and third season are are good, but not you know, not as well, good as. The so first I season. I recently I did the whole rewatch, so I've I've now rewatched all three seasons, and um, looking back on on that now. Uh, season two, I feel like, is also really good. It's maybe almost as good as season one. Season three is more uneven. Um, mm-hmm. I think it it basically suffers by not really having one story to span the whole season quite like the way the first two seasons do. Because, right. um, of course, the you know the first season we have the the murder of uh, Lily, Veronica's best friend, um, and a couple of other things going on. But that's kind of the primary mystery. And then you have the the bus accident, or was it an accident? Was it an accident? Um, in season two, season three doesn't really have that in quite the same way. It has some various mysteries that are are arcs, but there isn't just one that really spans right. the whole season in quite the same way. Um, now it's it's still good and episode to episode it's got some great stuff in it still but it doesn't it's not a cohesive whole the same way that the first two seasons were mm-hmm. and it definitely I don't want to spoil anything um, the the end it's it's not a cliffhanger at the end 
um, because I, they did know that the, the show wasn't coming back for another season. But it definitely, you know, it leaves you wanting more. <laughs> uh. I, uh, um, I hadn't really remembered that um, from watching it the first time, but it, so, as soon as I saw it again, um, I was just like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I am glad that I did not watch it when it first came out because I would have gotten so obsessed with Kristen Bell. Because, <laughs> 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 I, you know, that was, I think I tweeted or said something and grouped me with you just saying, I don't know what's worse being, you know, 35-year-old geek and missing the show or being 45 and being so obsessed with it now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I think though, and it's, it's not an issue. It's just one of those things with me with, with believability and, and, um, for like a continuing story like that, some of the, you know, like, uh, Logan's character, you know, his, his being so mean early on, you know, in the show and then you find mm. out, you know, more about him and you, you know, and things happen and that sort of thing. And it's, it's type of thing where it's like, you know, buying that, that, that it would be easy to forgive as her character to, you know, to mm. get involved with him. And then, you know, things progress at least at this point of the second season where you're trying to figure out, you know, how, how, dark he has gone and so right I'm, I'm interested in seeing you know that character arc play through. well yeah he remains kind of an interesting character because it's 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 clear certainly without spoiling anything that you know th there there are details that we don't know specifically what may have happened in a given situation but it's clear that he there's there's warring impulses in him. Mm -hmm. Yes, and it is uh, obvious from the trailer um, for the movie that, that mm -hmm. there's more to his troubles uh, down the line. So, mm -hmm. be interesting to. I mean, like, uh, and then the other thing is just when you have an ensemble cast and, um, like, I really like Weevil, and yeah, you know, there's not enough of Weevil in the in the show. So. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, yeah, it was a great show, and um, um, glad that glad that uh, the whole um, Kickstarter thing happened, and they they're doing that because I would probably probably would not have revisited this show and fallen in love with it. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, one of the things that I found fun rewatching it was just that it's the time period in which it takes place is mm. <laughs> it's not that far back. But it, it's it's in that awkward period of it's not like like when you rewatch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I think I said this the last time we mm -hmm. talked about it too. But it's like when you rewatch that um, now, there's certain episodes where you, you kind of occasionally get caught up short, and you just kind of go, "Oh, you know what? If they just had <laughs> cell phones, the entire conflict of this episode would be just evaporate." But um, in Veronica Mars, for example, it's recent enough that they actually do all have phones. And um, some of the phones that they have actually do some of the more modern stuff like take pictures or voice recording and, the, and that sort of thing. Um, but, for example, it is still pre-social media like Facebook and, and uh, Twitter and 
and and stuff like that. And so even though they're still doing all sorts of fancy things like, um, you know, oh, you know, so-and-so's cell phone is on so we can trace him on GPS and, uh, um, you know, things like that. But uh, when they have the episodes about, oh, it's the message board, the anonymous message board that the, the gay students use, and now someone's hacked it, and it's going to reveal all their usernames and stuff like that. You know, some of that you just kind of go, it's like, wow, that's that's, that's still different. Yeah. You know, that's and so, you know, it's, it's not like a, a flaw at all. It's more just that it's kind of interesting looking right. back, a, you know, like seven, eight years <laughs> as opposed yeah. to longer than that. It's, it's an awkward look back. Yeah. That's still, that still using, still using fax machines for a lot of uh, getting information. Uh, yeah. <laughs> passed around and stuff like that. So it's, well, uh, and uh, it, it's not like, it's not a big deal or a, or a spoiler or anything like that. Um, but in season three, there's a, uh, uh, a couple of minor plot points that revolve around um, Mars Investigations still has an old school answering machine that only lets you leave about uh, 30 seconds 30 of seconds. a message before it cuts you off. Very good. <laughs> so yes, uh, Veronica Mars, big recommendation from 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 us too, and I know that uh, I know that Chooch has watched it at some point. I'm not sure about Div, but. Uh, uh, so other TV, let's get TV out of the way so we can get over to games. Um, <laughs> House of Cards. Um, I I had watched probably like the first when it first came out. I probably had watched like five episodes, four episodes, something like that, and and mm -hmm. really liked it, but just didn't dive into it. And then uh, uh, my girlfriend and I started watching, and and she's she's a lawyer and really was liking the. Uh, uh, you know the political stuff and the you know the some of the some of the the conflict in there how that was working so we we mainlined the first season and then you know second season came out on Valentine's Day and uh, <laughs> uh, how we watched in that romantic so we had yeah we had uh, House of Cards and then I had uh, the Last of Us DLC all, both coming out on Valentine's Day so <laughs> I did wait until. Saturday or Sunday to, to play Last of Us, but um, the uh, so we watched the first episode and uh, we certainly won't spoil anything. But the uh, the the big event twist in the first episode of season two we was quite the surprise and and yeah. I think we we had different reactions. So mine was okay. I wanna we wanna stop watching and you know sort of take our time and enjoy these episodes because it's going to be a year or however long before another, you know, season three will be there. So we, we, we haven't watched past the, the end of uh, episode one of season two. Whereas what did you do? I, I binge watched the whole thing <laughs> over the weekend. Um, it's interesting. We talked a little bit about this before we started the broadcast here, but uh, the, the idea of, making the entire season available all at once instead of parceling it out one episode per week or whatever. It's an interesting experiment and I, and I still have mixed feelings about it. You know, obviously I binge watched it partly just because, you know, with the next episode right there, how, how could I resist? But at the same time, I think when I watch a show like that, I miss a little bit this, um, you know, the, the anticipation of waiting week mm -hmm. to week and also the experience of 
being being at the same spot in the story as other people who are watching. But like, for example, I've seen the whole season and you've only seen the first episode of the season. And so we're not at the same mental place when it comes to the yeah, show. Yeah. And so I, I miss that about it a little bit when I when they're available for the binge watching like that. Because it's one thing to make it all available all at once later, but I kind of miss having it come out and be a longer week-to-week thing um, right. when it's first coming out. So, I like I said, I have mixed feelings. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of the extension of the whole, you know, Netflix or... Amazon Prime, you know, whatever, being yeah. able to catch up or find these shows that you didn't watch when they were first on and being able to watch season after season, you know, and and getting that enjoyment. But that these are shows that are already done and, you know, you've heard other people talking about them for years and that sort of thing. But this is, you know, one of the first that, that like you said, it's, it's they come out and... You know, like you're saying, water cooler discussions of okay, we can talk about episode one. Well, you're on episode six, and you know how you know we can't do that. But uh, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because I know that like Amazon has, they're doing something where they're like uh, showing several pilots uh, of shows that they're developing, and then mm-hmm. uh, people can vote or I can't remember. I, haven't looked into it too much, but I just saw that there's like four or five pilots and uh, based on the, the feedback, uh, Amazon will choose to produce a whole season of one or more than one uh, of what they're showing. So it's, it's, it's interesting what, uh, you know, what the future is going to hold with how we're not only consuming, but you know, how these companies are deciding to uh, create and release the content. So it's uh, yeah, uh, fun stuff. Uh, yeah, so we will probably once 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 we fin- both finish season two, maybe we'll do a little spoiler thing where we talk sure. about details. But uh, <laughs> I, I did want to share because this was just one of my my favorite moments of the last you know four or five years on TV, and one <laughs> of the one of the things that always happens on the show is that uh, uh, Frank, uh, whatever his last name is, uh, Underwood. Yes, uh, Kevin Spacey's. Um, character, the congressman, he breaks the fourth wall and talks to the camera. So you get, you know, especially early on in the show, they were doing a lot because they're, mm-hmm. you know, sh- he's sharing his motivations and that sort of thing. Yeah, so it's sort of the equivalent of a voiceover narration, except that he, it, it's not voiceover. He's literally breaking the fourth wall and speaking directly to us, the yeah. audience. And it's also sort of the Shakespearean feel of a lot of of the show. Yeah, yeah, you know? definitely. Um, so in the first episode of season two, you know, these things are going on, but they're, they're, he doesn't talk to the camera at all. Um, there's this big momentous event that happens that sort of changes the whole show in, in, in my book. And then it keeps going to the end of the episode and, and we're watching the show and, uh, Kim, you know, looks over and says, you know, he hasn't talked to the, to the camera at all. And there was almost that exact moment when she was starting to say that, or she had just finished saying that. And he's sort of looking into the mirror and he just looks and he's like, you didn't think I forgot you, did I? And it's just like, it's just like whoa, that was so cool. <laughs> just the timing of it and everything. It was, it was, I uh, just loved it. So, um, cool. yeah. Yeah. So, it's definitely a good watch. I, I, I recommend the show generally. Like if, if anyone who hasn't watched any of House of Cards, I definitely think it's worth watching. 
Yes, it is. Uh, yeah, it's wonderful. Well, um, it's kind of exciting too, just seeing really high quality shows like this get made by by Netflix, which is really, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's really just a brand new thing just in the last couple of years here that uh, we we're having these, you know, like high quality AAA level, you know, TV content being made entirely over the internet, not right. you know, not through any kind of a a television channel at all. Yeah, they're also doing cool things. If if you're someone who likes commentaries, and I don't know if they do this for any other Netflix-related shows, but they have comment director commentaries for all of the episodes for the first season. I don't know if they. I don't think they've added any additional audio tracks for the second season, but uh, you know, it's pretty cool yeah. to hear Finch, I, David Fincher talking about you know the first couple episodes and that sort of thing. I definitely want them to do more and more of that. Have like the director's commentaries and stuff on that on movies because first of all, it it seems like it would be really easy to implement with their existing infrastructure. And honestly, things like audio commentaries and the extra features and stuff like that, it's really the only reason I buy Blu-rays mm-hmm. or DVDs anymore is because I yep. like watching that stuff. Yep. Um, and so if they started making things like that available on Netflix, I would probably switch pretty much entirely over to, to streaming and not be buying physical discs at all anymore. Yeah. And I'm sure, uh, you know, for movies and things like that where, you know, I mean, that's companies want you to buy the DVDs. So they, they want to keep that. Yeah. I'm sure that's that a, as a, a separate thing well, they wouldn't give Netflix, but yeah. uh, you know, definitely the things that are being produced either independently or by Netflix or what have you, I, I would hope I, yeah, I'm like you. I hope they do this well, for but more things. For like exactly that, that reason, you, you're right, that that might be exactly why mm-hmm. they're not making those yeah. available to right. like Netflix or whatever. And they can do it on their own stuff, obviously, because they're, they're doing their yep. own. Yep. Um, it occurs to me, though, to wonder, does Netflix put out discs of their shows? For people who maybe have the disc only format and not the streaming, I don't, I don't know, know if they do. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but we got a couple of pe- folks over in the Q and A. Really? No, yeah. I had opened it once, but I did not uh, do that. There's Tim. Tim Dodge. Hello, everyone. I'm mourning over Syracuse's loss to Boston. Co- really? <laughs> And uh, for and I know one reason he is uh, mentioning that is because I am uh, not only being my normal uh, geek self, but I've got my sports geek stuff because uh, <laughs> University of Virginia is having the best uh, basketball season that they've had in the last 30 years. And since Syracuse lost, that means that Virginia is actually tied for first place in the conference now. So uh, thanks for letting me know that. Uh, Tim, I'm sorry that you have to suffer, <laughs> and uh, we'll have to Tim. Tim and I'll have to get a little bet going because um, Virginia plays Syracuse on March 1st, which will be the big, big <laughs> game of the season. It looks like. Um, yeah, I know Tim beyond. He wanted. To, I'm sure he wanted to see uh, Scott, and Scott uh, looks like he had uh, had other things he had to do tonight. So. Um, the uh, ah, Redbox has House of Cards for rent on DVDs. So. Well, but see that that's funny because that's Redbox. That's not even Netflix. That's 
Redbox, which is like another company entirely, which just suggests right. though that uh, they really Netflix is putting out discs of the of it, and it's yes, not I'm available. sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you could go to Walmart and find mm-hmm. the House of Cards DVDs. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very good, Tim. And Paulette, as always, thank you so much, Paulette. We're gonna have to have you on the show instead of just asking questions. Yeah, you're never too late to ask rude questions. So. Um. Yeah. Ask all the questions <laughs> you want. Well, uh, after we stopped broadcasting, would be too late to ask them on the show. But yeah, that hasn't happened yet. So definitely <laughs> not too late now. So. Ask <laughs> um. So other TV shows. Oh um, look, there's Viv. Uh, Viv asking a question on the two sleep. Oh no, she's not asking. She's just giving us X's and O's. Oh, isn't that wonderful? Um, another show that we both are watching is True Detective, mm-hmm. um, the HBO show with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson, which I've loved since uh, since it started. You know, yeah. just the I think we I talked about the after the first episode, just the 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 weight of everything uh, is mm-hmm. is unlike most anything you watch, have that you see on TV. Just the, the you know the way it's filmed and the locations mm-hmm. and the you know the yeah feel it's, a, it's of the, an amazing looking show. Yes, um, and both Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey are are amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to confess that I I think early-ish in the run, I had kind of slotted it into the um, mental box of I'll watch it, but not necessarily have it give it my full attention. Like I might be doing something else while it's on, but it's sort of been creeping back now towards something that I do need to watch with my full attention. And so now I feel like I have to rewatch the episodes that have come so far um, just to make sure I'm sort of officially caught back up and not missing any nuanced little details. Yeah, I think that um, yeah the 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 dual storytelling you know the present day and the past mm-hmm. and how 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 well that has been handled as far as you know how they look and how they act and and how yeah. how the years have not just aged them but have worn them down both both characters and. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, they finally gotten to the point where you know you're getting a little more of an idea of why why they're talking to the current the yes the current day detectives mm-hmm. are talking to Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey's characters. Um, you know you get an idea now of why that you know you sort of knew, but a little more information on that now. And uh, so yeah, I'm um, mm-hmm. um, you know, I. I'm not going to rewatch them just to to see if there's clues, but <laughs> well, uh, if you've been paying enough know. attention all the yes. way along, that's 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 fine. I like I said, I mean, I feel like I've missed stuff because I wasn't always watching it carefully. So. Yeah, and I wasn't saying that in reference to you. I was just like, I was, do I want to rewatch just to see if I've missed anything? But I, I mean, I think I know. I think I have a an idea of where of you know not hoping hoping it's not the obvious that they're you know sort of painting it well i think it's it's only halfway through the season it would be a little bit uh unlikely to me that they've had any kind of a big reveal at this point that's not you know like we're only halfway through the story Mm -hmm. so there's got to be a lot more to come yep um 
but yeah, I, I, one of, one of the great pleasures of the show, I think is comparing the, the, the two separate interviews that are in the, you know, the, because technically even the, the further in the future section, as opposed to the flashback is still not now it's not present day. It's like still a few years ago versus 10 years before that. Um, but uh, that section, they're being interviewed separately. And so watching how they describe things and then seeing the flashback, yes. and sometimes it doesn't match what they've said about it. And so um, the, the, the pleasures of just seeing that play out and being able to interpret, therefore, what's going on in the minds of these characters as they're being interviewed because they're leaving out certain details or changing things a little bit. And uh, how does one character describe it versus the other? And then we see, you know, I, because my, what seems clear to me is that the flashbacks at the very least seem to be, um, that's, we're not hearing the story being told. We're seeing what really happened right, right. as opposed to seeing the interview because we definitely, there's been cases where we hear them say something in the interview and then we see the mm-hmm. scene and it's not, not like that at all. Yes. And I think they handled the, uh, they handled very well. The idea of <clears throat> in the past episode, not to spoil anything, there is an event that sort of culminates one of the investigations and, um, in these interviews, they're interviewing interviewing them present day um, separately, and mm-hmm. you know, like you said, the stories change. But once they get to that point where it's obvious that they're lo- both lying about a particular thing, the story just each one of their stories are almost word for word because yeah. they, you know, rehearsed and then you know planned out. Oh, we have to lie about X Y Z. So here's our mm-hmm. story, and even. 15 years later, they're still telling the exact same story word for word, you know, and then you get to see the real thing that happened. So it was uh, very interesting to, to Mm -hmm. that, that change. Once they got to that point, their stories did not diverge at all. It was all boom. So, but yeah, great, great writing, great acting, great visuals. I recommend it highly to everybody. So Uh, Tim says he watched the first two episodes and both lead actors are excellent. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I could watch uh, Matthew the, McConaughey smoke a cigarette uh, <laughs> uh, any day. One of the uh, interesting things, though, at least my understanding is that this show is going to be a little bit like what American Horror Story mm-hmm. does in right. the sense that this season is this story with these two guys, and then they might do another season, but that would be a different story with different characters. Um, yeah. Instead of necessarily being the further adventures of heart and coal, <laughs> you yeah. know. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it just like we were saying with the the horror story, you know, the idea that you can get not only great actors but you know, movie great great actors to do this because they know it's for a season. Mm-hmm. Plus, you have the added thing of you know these characters could die because you know yeah. it's not well, like it's, something where you this, are. Additional stakes because they're yeah, not going to try exactly. to preserve a status quo. Right. So it's. Uh, I think it's it's working out well for this, these types yeah. of shows. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any other TV you've been watching? Um, I just want to put in a, a plug for At Midnight. 
which yeah, is, I did. Uh, I had not. I did not know what that was. Well, so basically, at midnight is a newish, meaning it's you know the last couple of months. It's a new show that uh, is after the Colbert Report. So if you're watching Daily Show and the Colbert Report, it's after that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and midnight. it's it's uh, Chris Hardwick from The Nerdist oh, is okay. the host, and basically it's like. It's a comedy game show, sort of, about um, uh, just like stuff happening on the internet, and it's really not any kind of an actual contest. Nobody wins anything. Um, at the very end, whoever wins the game in that episode is declared the funniest person on the internet for the next twenty-three and a half hours. <laughs> and so, and so that's really all it is. But it's mostly just about things like. It'll be a question of, um, hey, so this happened on the internet today. Which of these three tweets was what Kanye West really tweeted about this particular thing? And it'll have three different things. Or it'll have some weird photo that someone found on the internet and it's like, okay, caption this photo. And it's it's all – they have different comedians on every time. There's always three of them and then Chris Hardwick is the host. Um, and so it's got structure of a game show, but it's really just about – comedians riffing on yes. internet, social media funny. stuff. Um, and so it's called at midnight with the at sign, like, like a Twitter handle. Right. Um, and so it's, uh, it, it's really funny. And I think if, if you've got, you know, it's on late enough that I don't watch it live anyway, but if, if you out there like me have the daily show and the Colbert report set to record on your DVR, go ahead and uh, stick this one on there too. And uh, give it a try for a couple of episodes. I, I have definitely added it to my DVR roster. I will try, give that a try. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Very good. Uh, let's jump over to video games. So um, I had already mentioned the last of us DLC. Um, mm -hmm. And I won't <laughs> regale everyone with, with how much I love that since I've talked about it ad nauseum uh, over our episodes, but uh, it's the, the only... Uh, well, oh, the, the, the show, or not the show, but uh, the, the main game, The Last yes, of Us. Yes, right, yes. Yeah. Uh, but this is the story DLC, single-player story DLC that they've released mm -hmm. for, the, uh, mm -hmm. for the game. Um, it is a a further story of uh, Ellie, um, mm -hmm. one of the two main characters. Um, it is partly told in flashback, partly um, a section uh, in the middle of the game where, you know, there's there's several time lapses in the uh, in mm -hmm. the game of seasons. They break up the main game into four different seasons, and uh, there's a particular section in the game which I won't talk about because because Christiana hasn't played it all. Yeah. But where where there is a break in time and certain things ha happen, you find out as they move to the next thing. So it sort of expands a little bit of that um, where Ellie is trying to do something, um, but it's also what she's doing um, sort of triggers game wise not her memories, but triggers flashbacks to something that happened in her past to where she's younger mm -hmm. uh, before the, before she meets Joel and uh, um, her interactions with her friend Riley, um, uh, which was covered in uh, briefly mentioned on uh, in, in the game. Um, I think they showed her dog tags is that her firefly mm -hmm. tags. 
uh, with Riley, and then there's a well, com- the comic she, book. she mentions Riley um, at the at the very end of the main game. She talks right. she talks about her friend Riley, yeah. um, and then also there was a comic book prequel right. called American Dreams that also was about um, when Ellie and Riley met. Yes. Um, so my understanding is this takes place after the comic book, but before yes. the main game. Yes. Um, and so you know, there's there's you know the two two stories going on, and there's different mechanics. They do some really cool things with uh, the mechanics because it's established in the main um, the main game that at at one point Ellie or Ellie gets a gun or a rifle, and she's like, I've never shot a rifle before. You know, you know they've established that she didn't do a lot of you know mm-hmm. killing in her youth. Um, so they, they couldn't just give her, you know, weapons to, you know, fight off things. So there's, you know, different mechanics that going on. A lot of the precursor story, the, the, the story with Riley is about exploration and different Mm -hmm. things. And, uh, they, they add some, uh, some mechanics that aren't, um, aren't part of the, the, the main game that are, that are more for fun and, and just to get, you know, show you this experience that she's, she had um, and what what sort of shaped part of part of her uh, that you see later in the main game. It's you know it's about three hours. Um, it was it was just awesome as far as you know, not emotional like this the main game that you know made made you want to cry and stuff, but just emotional <laughs> in the in the fact that it you know builds on this character that you fall in love with when you're playing the main game and uh, yeah. it's, it's it's really good so. I'm definitely looking forward to it. I I would have played it already if not for the fact that I loaned my copy of the game uh, to a friend and he's only halfway <laughs> through it, so I have to wait for him to finish the main game before I can get my disc back and uh, play the DLC. Uh, and the At Midnight show is also on Hulu Plus, like a lot of the Comedy Central mm-hmm. uh, Paulette says. Yep. So that's cool. Um, yeah, there is one cool thing uh, mechanics-wise in the the later story uh one of the things they added was uh there's certain areas where you have not only the the hunters the humans that you sort of run into at different times uh and the infected but they're 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 also together in the same location so you can sort of you know use bottles and bricks and things to cause these two you know enemies to meet each other and so things are happening with between them while you're trying to sneak around and do things Mm -hmm. it adds a little mechanic in there with the with the combat. That's that's pretty cool too. So, yeah. Uh, just in case anyone's wondering why I occasionally keep looking down or a little bit distracted, is because we got this under my desk here. Yes, yes. We are. <laughs> we are. This is the animal podcast because you have that going on, and I have. Well, I have a, the dog here. I've got the, the two cats grooming each other over here. So you can't really see with the you can see one one of the cats being groomed by the others. <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 animals everywhere. Yeah. For the consumption podcast. Um, so what other games have you been playing? Well, so I talked a little bit about Broken Age on the last mm-hmm. one because I had only just started it at that yes. time, but I've now I've now played through all of Act One, which is all you can get right now. Um, when they decided to put it out, they decided to split it into Act One and Act Two, which are really completely separate from each other. And uh, it basically just continues to be great in the same ways that I described it as being great before, which is that it's beautifully animated. 
uh, really well written and uh, funny and just a nice callback to all those sorts of um, the LucasArts adventure games, especially mm-hmm. um, like, uh, you know, Day of the Tentacle and Grim Fandango and um, the Monkey Island games, for example. Um, it's more reminiscent of those than, say, the King's Quest or Space Quest games, although same, same basic genre. Right. But uh, it's just super good, and anyone who enjoys that type of game, adventure games, should definitely check it out. It's, it's, I would say it's a must-play for fans of that genre, um, and I'm really looking forward to Act 2. Um, so the, the two different storylines that are going mm-hmm. on, um, are there hooks in there that you can sort of see that they may come together or is it the storytelling where it's, it's, you know, well, do do you think that they will, or is it? So basically as you're going through act one, there are, you, you keep seeing these occasional things happen where you wonder and it's like, is that, that connected somehow to the other story but it's always kind of speculative there's mm-hmm. nothing that's a for sure sort of situation but then um without spoiling exactly how it goes down um the two stories intersect at the uh, end of act one um in kind of an unexpected way i was certainly surprised cool okay. um but Damn. at that point the stories have intersected and so act two i don't know if they're going to continue together or if they're going to then both veer off in their own directions again um to be separate my guess is at least partly the latter just because this whole mechanic of being able to swap between the two um uh my guess is in act two what we'll start seeing is that um there will be more connections like maybe they're separate but um, stuff you do on one or side influences the other. the other. Right. Very good. Mm-hmm. As as it is in Act One, the two stories really, um, other than the fact that the stories eventually um, intersect, there's no um, other interaction between them. You just you switch back and forth when you feel like it. Otherwise, there's no there's no puzzles that require right. information from both sides. For example. Right. So our viewers are, you know, Tim and Paulette both have their animals and uh, <laughs> Viv finally has caught on that uh, Scott isn't here. And yes, we, Alas, no. we, we assume that he is moving into his house and could not, uh, could not join us. So we will have mm-hmm. him on another time uh, when he yep. can join us. So I know he did want to talk about his, I will throw out there. Um, he wanted to talk a little bit. He is editing an anthology. Um, so it's called Down to Earth. Um, and it's uh, stories about uh, um, uh, things that challenge humanity in science fiction ways and uh, short stories. And um, if you go to scottroche.com uh, you can see information about that and we'll have him on to talk more about that uh, uh, next time So, yeah. um, I have been playing uh, I know that you said that you probably would not play this because of its nature is Outlast <laughs> um, it well is a- it's a horror game and I, yes. so it's not 
the way you said it is a little different than the way I oh, said okay. it, which I, so it's um, it's not like because it's a horror game, like I won't play horror games. It's more just like I'm not into it really. Right. It's, so it's not like oh, it's too scary for me. I better not. It's more just like that's not really. Say, what it's like too scary it. for me is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I, I no, nah, I mean uh, games don't bother me uh, as far as being scary like some of the uh like dead space you know having the jump scares and that sort of thing um mm. you know definitely I, i'll jump but it's not something that disturbs me but there's some disturbing things in this game yeah um and it's uh uh basically you are a reporter uh, and the reason i'm playing it is because uh, it's one of the free games for playstation, yeah, PlayStation uh, plus. plus so uh greatest uh, deal in uh my God! Gaming, Anyone yeah. who has a PlayStation Three, Vita, <laughs> right. or PlayStation Four, if you're not subscribed to P- PlayStation Plus, you're 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 only hurting yourself. It's yes. like it pays for itself like five, six times over over the yes. course of the year. Yes. So it was the free one of the free things. I don't know if it was the only thing, but um, for this month, so downloaded it, and it's uh, you know, it's it's first person. You're uh, this reporter that has this lead, uh, you know, typical, it's an insane asylum and there are bad things going on and you are trying to find out what, uh, uh, what's going on. But they have some cool mechanics, one being that you have a uh, video camera with uh, limited batteries and, uh, you know, night you know, uh, light uh, that you can use when you're in dark areas. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm sure if you were playing it on harder uh, settings, your battery life would be less, or you would have less access to batteries, that sort of thing, to add to the uh, uh, the ambiance and fear thing, you know, fear stuff going on. Um, the there is, um, you know, you have no weapon of any sort. You are, you know, you can only run away from things that are, you know, if you're discovered by by the people that are there, you can, uh, you can hide in different places and they can find you and, you know, they, they'll, they'll strike at you or what have you and you can dodge or try to escape and find a place where you can't hide, but there's no, mm-hmm. no fighting back of any, uh, any sort. So, uh, you know, lots of, lots of, and games like this, the things that, that sort of make me lose interest after a while is more about the, okay, to get past this, you need to turn on the power, and to turn on the power, you have to go flip these two switches and then go back here and turn this thing on. You have to find three fuses. And, yeah, and, and yeah. so and it's, you know, it's how you got to do certain oh, things. Oh, sure. You know. uh, but, but it's... Um, I've been I've been able to handle it in in small doses before getting either not scared but just you know yeah I'm gonna take a break from this so uh, mm. and then the Last of Us came out so I haven't gone back to it but I mean it does, it's very successful at what it is uh, attempting to do um, you know it, it got good reviews and it's free so um, you know I, I'm enjoying that <laughs> that aspect mm-hmm. of it greatly so I'll, I'll continue that now that I'm done with uh, uh, with the Last of Us uh, what else have you been playing? Um, well, so uh, other than uh, getting back into games that I've played a little bit of before, uh, well, with Minecraft, it's not just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I, I started playing Minecraft again because when the PS3 version came out, I'm not playing that version. I'm playing it on PC. But uh, over at IGN.com, uh, two of their their guys there, uh, Greg, Greg Miller, Miller and uh, Brian Altano, have been yeah. doing 
Let's Play videos <laughs> of of them playing Minecraft. <sighs> With the gimmick being when they started their series, like neither of them had ever played before, and they didn't look anything up. They're just really just winging it. But the two, these are two funny guys, and they're just doing a yes. running commentary of their 15 minutes every day. And uh, sometimes it's a little longer because they don't always remember to set the timer. But um, it was just super funny to watch, and I'm enjoying those thoroughly. But it also made me start playing the game again. Um, <laughs> And actually what I discovered is that when I updated the PC version, which I hadn't played in a little while, it now has uh, the ability to stream to Twitch, uh, which is something that because I had set that up to try it on the PS4, um, I might experiment at some point soon with uh, uh, Twitch streaming some uh, Minecraft play. So if anyone is uh, interested in that, let me know so I can uh, make sure that I don't pick some random time that nobody's around to watch yeah, I'll definitely definitely watch. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I was thinking about doing Outlast, um, doing Twitch, um, but I'm trying to figure out if I want to, you know, if I want to get a camera or just do audio. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking that I'm going to be getting Thief, which I think would be a good game for for uh, streaming. Yeah. So I'm. Uh, I definitely want to do it at some point, but I'm just trying to figure out the right game. And I've had some fun um, doing streaming for Lego Marvel superheroes. Um, I've never had more than you know three or four people watching at a time, but it's still it's fun. Um, you know, if it's if it's something I would be playing anyway, and it's kind of just the ability to have a conversation with a couple of people um, at the same time, it's kind of fun. Plus, um, occasionally you get the you know random person who's just surfing for whatever and they like so they don't know me they didn't start watching because i posted about it on twitter or something they're just looking for various feeds and uh it's one thing that i i got a little bit of uh uh, (coughs) troll harassment awesome it was kind of funny at how like transparent and juvenile it was like it wasn't enough to really ruin anything and i mean if nothing else i could have just stopped the stream if i was too bothered by it but it was more just kind of like you know, it was just really, like, really dumb stuff that, uh, you know, uh, you, you know, I I was using a camera, and so someone was trying to uh, make fun of my, my weight because that's kind of, it's, you know, it's, it's for a 14-year-old, they're trying to provoke a reaction, right? And so, but at the same time, I just sort of like, because I, I see the little comment pop up, and I'm just kind of like, Oh gosh, that would really hurt my feelings if I cared what some random fourteen-year-old on the internet thought. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's that's sort of how <laughs> I I feel about you know I I sort of look forward to the well I actually said that the uh, trolling on the yeah, too so, exactly. and, and <laughs> they walked off or they said well, started um, swearing they, at you and then uh, um, they yeah. they said actually I was just trying to provoke a reaction but then they didn't say anything else so. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I, I plan on playing up the whole idea that I'm an I'm an old guy that, that can't really play video games all that well. I just love <laughs> playing them, and if you want to give me a hard time, that's fine. Yeah, I think I mentioned like one of the things that I do. I have a little you know the Twit app on my phone, and when Jeff Green, who used to be the editor of PC Gamer Magazine uh, or Computer Gaming World, whatever it was back in the day, who's you know in his fifties and he's playing Dark Souls. Um, you know, and his thing, he at first he did it as a lark. You know, started it a couple months ago, where you know he and he knew that he could not 
play very well. That game you know, is very, very hard, hardcore game when it comes yeah. to that. And now he's almost gotten all the way through it, and people are like cheering him on when they were just giving him a hard time when he first yeah. started. Um, so it's pretty funny. I've gotten into that a little bit more too. I bought it as part of a Steam sale on the on the PC and never played too much of it. I had played a little bit of Demon's Souls before that, mm-hmm. but again, was kind of turned off just by the difficulty curve. But what I what I did find is that with a little bit of help, just in terms of basic strategy from some walkthroughs, um, and then just being willing to grind a little bit. Um, right just to get yourself a little bit powered up and just get a little more practiced with the, the various, stra- various strategies you need. It's, uh, it, it doesn't get easy, but it also becomes just a little bit less punishingly brutal. You, right. you start getting a little bit more of, you know, as long as you are, you know, you, once you sort of figure out how the bonfires work as sort of save mm-hmm. points, you're really not, you know, sure you might die on a boss or even just some random enemy that kind of gets around behind you or you, you're you dodging and roll off a cliff or something like that. <laughs> but you're really not going that far back usually. Right. And so um, I'm, I'm kind of liking it more now and I think I am going to keep playing it. I, I, got, I, I beat the first boss which had been where I got stuck the last time um, cool. so I, I grinded a little bit and then beat that and then um, got all the way to the next boss but didn't beat that and that's where I'm currently left yeah that's probably the one of the coolest things about watching the the Jeff Green's twitch for Dark Souls is that he does have people there that that have been you know, have played through it two or three times or whatever. So there, you know, you have the people that are trying to give him advice on, Oh, if you go over into that corner, there's a, you know, special item or blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Then you have the other people that are there saying, Oh, go walk over there. And and they're just trying to lead you into the next monster or off the side Mm -hmm. of a cliff or what have you. And so (laughs) half of it is just the fun of him, like reading the comments and saying, what do you want me to do? (laughs) <laughs> you go over there now. You know, it's him trying to figure out who's lying and who's trying to help yeah. him and stuff. So it's, it's um, an interesting outlet for for whether it's creative people or just people that uh, you know in, mm-hmm. in this sort of you know being able to stream and uh, get feedback from people live on what you're doing is uh, yeah. interesting stuff. So, but yeah, I, I feel like I've been a video game dilettante recently because I'm playing a little bit of lots of different things instead of a lot of any one thing. So I've also played a little bit more of uh, EVE Online. Uh, I got a little bit more back into that um, due to uh, Paul Herring, uh, PC Herring, um, plays that a lot, I guess. Really? And uh, hmm. it's not altogether surprising, but certainly true that in that game, it's got such a steep learning curve yeah. that if you have someone who can kind of walk you through stuff and help you out by giving you, you know, a, a bunch of money <laughs> early on right. um, so you can get like a better ship early on and just kind of say, oh, yeah, and here's what you do and make sure you stay away from that. And and uh, here's that thing, and um, you know, just helping out like that um, makes a big difference. And so I've been, I've been having some fun playing that too. Um, and then uh, there's also Bravely Default, which is a weird title 
but it's a JRPG on the 3DS. And this thing, I don't know why they didn't just go ahead and call it a Final Fantasy game, because it's a totally mm -hmm. a Final Fantasy game. But it's it's a Final Fantasy game much more like the old uh, like Tactics. Super Nintendo ones were. Um, maybe even a little bit like up through 7, but um, it's it's much more of an old school one when you compare it to the like the newer ones like 13. Um, it's it's got kind of the non super realistic looking characters is kind of a little more cartoony. It's got a little bit more of the the whole traditional go to a town, go to a dungeon, go to a boss, repeat <laughs> in a new area, that sort of thing, that structure. But it's got some neat mechanics to it, just in terms of the combat. I won't go into too much detail here, but uh, some neat combat mechanics. The the writing is, you know, it's kind of silly, but it's also fun in in, in a, uh -huh. like a charming way. And it's good for bite size gameplay sessions. So I, I've been playing through that a little bit at a time, and that's fun too. Yeah, someday we'll have to regale you with my Eve Online stories that won't spend time here. But I was <laughs> before the game came out, when it was you know in preparations and in beta, I was involved, and I played for like the first three or four months. You know, I was in a corporation, an officer in the corporation, and then I was like, okay, the only way I'm going to be able to keep this up is to play for you know 80 hours a month to make it, you know to to keep yeah. up with everybody else and I was just like I was just starting to get into podcasting then I was like there I have to make a choice on this <laughs> made well, the right it, choice but uh, it's it reminds me a little bit of like the the um society for creative anachronism mm -hmm. um and and the connection I draw there is is really just kind of it's something that I'm really glad it exists because it's cool yes. to think about and read about. But boy, there are a lot of people who are way more into it than I would be. And so I'm glad that they are because that makes the whole thing just much more complex and interesting. Um, but yeah, but I'm definitely not prepared to go as deep as some yeah. of those people do. Yeah, I mean, there, there are books that are going to be written if they're not already out. I mean, there's been great magazine articles and stuff oh, yeah. where, where people are talking about all of the different, you know, emergent stories that have come out of this. And I mean, recently they had, uh, you know, somebody did not uh, renew something and they, they basically you lose control of a, of a location and it becomes open. Mm -hmm. And so like, all these different factions are trying to, you know, camp out because if you stay there long enough, you you can take it over. And mm -hmm. they, you know, there's thousands of of the capital ships were there, and like they they had the biggest battle ever, and like they 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 determined that that like seventy five thousand dollars or something. It was more than that. It was like yeah, three hundred thousand so, dollars. So uh, the thing know, is, the 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 economy of the game is um, pretty robust in its own right but um you can actually by having a lot of the in-game currency essentially pay for your gameplay with that which mm -hmm. effectively means that it's you know there is an equivalent to real world dollars because you know you could pay however many dollars for a month of game time or if you have a certain amount of isk 
in the it's the in-game currency, you could use that to pay for that month instead. Right. And so there is an exchange rate, although you can't you you can't uh, get any more out of it than that. You know what I mean? Right. You can't uh, you you can't exchange your ISK for real money. Although I suppose you could do that privately if you wanted. Like yes, you could. There are, there, yeah, and there so people, people do that, that I are, suppose. Yes, but so things. in terms of the the number of ships destroyed and the their value in ISK when converted to the dollar value by that exchange rate, $300,000 worth of in-game assets were destroyed in this one battle. It's right. kind of amazing, that's, that sort of stuff. Now, like, like I said, I am never going to be into the game enough to really be a part of anything like that. Right. Um, more for me, it's just kind of... It's uh, it's it's sort of relaxing, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. the game's got an interesting pace to it, and it's pretty visuals, and so it's kind of just fun to kill time on some. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> yes, that's, that's our that's our Eve Online uh, discussion that we probably yeah. <laughs> come back to too much, right. but uh, um, yeah. So I actually have uh, things that I didn't put on my previous list, but I have two more other things too that I could. Uh, Mention yeah, if, but like if I, if you had other stuff, we can. No, only thing I wanted to mention was um, there's an iOS game that I've been playing that I just picked up called Threes. Oh yeah. <laughs> Have you been playing that at all? Um, I actually, when I saw you mention it earlier today, I I had heard about it. I had heard people talking about it, but I hadn't played it. So. I have now, though. I downloaded it, and I played it a little bit. Um, I usually don't get super into that kind of game, you know, just the really sort of quick-play, casual, like, iOS games. But I can certainly vouch for, in that genre, it's a very good one. It's, it's, you know, very easy to replay and retry. It's Mm -hmm. cute. It's interesting mechanics. It's... Yes, and it's uh, it's the, the... Goal in the game is to keep going, but the idea is that you have the have a little area that's four by four squares, and it's sort of like if you think of uh, those old uh, puzzles that used to have that used to have one piece missing, and you could slide the pieces around until you could Mm -hmm. make a puzzle come together, Uh, and just the idea of moving things around—that's the only real correlation to that. Mm -hmm. But the idea is you have these little. pieces on there that are numbers and the number you know, starts with based on threes so you have you know if you have two of the same number you can push them together in a way to you know add them together to create a bigger number mm-hmm. and as the numbers get bigger and bigger you can keep matching but as you're doing that other pieces are filling up the board and you always have to be able to put pieces together to keep going uh and it's uh it's one of those things where you know it, it takes you 30 seconds to figure out, oh, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. But then there's the strategy once you get deep into it, and it's it's not one of those games. And if you play like Candy Crush, where you, you're going to be done in in a minute, and it's like, okay, well, I don't, yeah. you know, I can play another round, and it'll take another minute, or I can go mm-hmm. do something else. This is the type of thing. Once you get decent at it. You know, a round can last you a half hour, forty minutes if you are, you know, doing it, and it's uh, yeah, I uh, very, so very I very addictive. I played five or six rounds, and I was definitely seeing how each successive one was taking longer and longer mm-hmm. to do. Um, so I'll probably play it some more, but um, I, 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 I typically have a, a short, um, 
I don't know. Attention span is not quite right. I was going to say fuse, but that's not right either. I guess what I just mean is I, I, I get burned out with that kind of uh-huh. game pretty right. quickly. Yep. Um, but that was all I had. So what else? What else? Oh, um, so one is just to say, um, uh, I mentioned the last time how I had gone to the, uh, the book launch event for Scott Sigler's uh, pandemic and I am almost done with it now and it's very, very good. Very so, good. um, yeah, I'm only, I'm only about five chapters in, so I'm, I'm yeah. Um, I'm it's, it. it's really good. I, 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 I like Scott's writing generally. Um, but I, I do really still feel like, you know, this is not a criticism of any of his earlier books, but, I feel like each subsequent book of his that I read, his writing is getting better and better. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, that's not a criticism of the earlier books. It's just, it's more like if you liked those, it's getting even better. And yeah. so um, there's some really surprising uh, stuff, um, you know, some surprising turns that happen in this one. Uh, there's a gross out moment that absolutely rivals anything he's done so far. <laughs> um, Very good. You know, the chicken scissors is the classic uh, go-to for a lot of Sigler fans, but I, I feel like it, it might not be one that's so easy to evoke with an otherwise innocent sounding phrase, <laughs> but uh, there's something that's grossed me out even more than that. Wow. In, in this one, so I won't go into detail there. But I'm so I'm almost done. Um, and if it wasn't that it was getting too late last night, and I just really had to go to bed, I probably just would have. <laughs> I I was planning to read just like a couple of chapters, and I ended up reading like seven chapters, and then having to put the book down because even though I wanted to keep going, because it's just like no, I there's a there's a hundred pages left. I can't just read the whole rest of the book right now. <laughs> right. Um, but yes, uh, so I'm enjoying that a lot. Very good. Um, but then I also, um, I have, I think what's going to be sort of a little impromptu unboxing because I was a contributor to, um, Jared Axelrod's, uh, the cockroach strikes starter. And I actually was a contributor at one of the, um, the higher levels. Yeah. I was going to say, you got so, um, so I got some cool stuff. Um, uh, first of all, this is this is the box. Um, I'll just I'll just kind of hold stuff up. I've gone through this just a little bit, but I haven't looked at everything. So it came wrapped in a little blanket here. Huh? Wow! Look at this. So awesome it's, it's just all fabric, and it so right. it's made to look like you know a big, like a big, big thick. Yeah book um but it's actually just it's like a box you know like a jewelry box and so inside i have the um this is the the print print version and oh look (laughs) and uh so i've got a dedication in here um it says to christiana one of the few american whose soul is not too heavy for poetry (laughs) So I, I'm I'm guessing that's going to be relevant in in yes. there because I I've I've resisted actually reading it even though I had the digital copy available 
you know, earlier on uh, as part of the Kickstarter, but uh, I was resisting reading it because I wanted to wait to get all my other stuff here. Um, so I got a couple of little miniatures that I think were supposed to be on the stand, but they kind of, um, they kind of, they broke off the little stand, but they're still awesome, and I'm just going to oh. have to re-glue them. So this is the, um, I think the Bold Eagle is uh, one of the heroes that is one of Cockroach's nemeses. And then uh, I may need to turn my uh, autofocus back on so that, uh, yeah, let's see. Because um, uh, these are really pretty intricate. So oh, There you go. Looks good. Um, I don't know if it'll... Mm, um, still focusing on you. Hide. Uh, there we go. Yep. It's trying. Oh, uh, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, take my word for it. Um, the painting in here is, is actually... It's, it's, it's tiny, but it's, it's really, really good. Um, and I got this, this cool little, this pouch that seems to have something in it. It's like a little wallet here. Ooh, oh, this is one of the, um, it's like a ribbon necklace. Ooh. Yeah. That's awesome. So that could go like that. And then um, got a little jewelry box thing here. And check this out. Uh, let's see if that's going to focus oh. at all. Uh, oh, there we go. It's a uh, roach. It's a lapel pin with the, uh, the cockroach, uh, his, awesome. his insignia. And uh, that's... That's what I really wanted. So that that was the, uh, the 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 big thing for the um, this level of the uh, the Kickstarter, and I, I wanted that. So that's why I, I was willing to do the. You're so happy. Well, also awesome. just because you know I you know, I I wanted to support Jared and uh, and his his stuff is good. So, but I mean that was definitely why I picked that level is because I wanted this 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 pin. So yeah. it's pretty awesome. And the little miniatures because some of this stuff like it was not not all of this stuff was listed in there. Some of this is extra that they they did just like as a bonus. <laughs> so this is some cool stuff, and uh, I'm going to be cool. taking some uh, some pictures and putting those up so people can uh, see in more detail. Very good. Yeah, speaking of uh, Kickstarter, uh, our friend T. Morris uh, just started uh, started a Kickstarter for a uh, a third Billabub Battings novel. Um, so yeah, those of you who are podcasting friends, I'm sure you know about Billabub Battings, but if you aren't familiar, uh, it's a, a dwarf from a fantasy world that gets uh, finds a portal and ends up in 1930s Chicago and uh, T. Row two uh, mystery novels that were uh, based with this character and he is the case uh, of the uh, pitcher's pendant and pendant. and the singing sword singing sword case of the singing sword was the first one so it's a uh, curse of uh, Dillinger something, but um, you know something about Dillinger and 
Bilba batting, so it should be very interesting, I'm sure. Um, but uh, if you go over to Kickstarter and look up T. Morris, uh, uh, you should be able to find that. And there's, you know, the customary different levels for different things. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, I li- I really like the first two novels. The first one I know won won some awards or uh, you know had had some nominations. So uh, and one mm-hmm. I think one Parsec for for one of uh, one of them I believe. So uh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely check that out. Um, I f- I did forget I did play one other game uh, which was uh, part two or episode two of. Uh, the Wolf Among Us. Oh yeah, I haven't. I'm. I, I downloaded it, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, it's it, it's great. Um, we talked about it in detail uh, when the first episode came out, but uh, the main thing about it is that it is it feels shorter uh, and less sort of happens uh, in mm. the second episode. Part of that is really because once you know, like. These game, you know, the the Walking Dead games and other. Once you get to a certain point, for example, at the end of this of the first episode, you one of the things that happens is that you uh, capture one of two characters, or you know, bringing mm-hmm. you're bringing them in for questioning, that type of thing, depending on who you chose to stop from uh, from escaping. Yeah, um, that sort of uh forms a lot of the narrative of the second episode. Um, I played it both ways just to see you know what would change uh, and it's you know pretty much you know a third or a half of of what's going on is based on you know who you stopped at the end of that first episode. so you know the, the, you know, once you once you start having to build, content based on different decisions from the first one obviously mm-hmm. some of the you know the length i think of the the episode is going to be affected and and that sort of thing but it's really cool uh, from a storytelling perspective going in and you know playing these they're short enough that you can spend a couple hours and play them different ways just to see how the different decisions you make mm-hmm. you know i have the one that's my official this you know the first way you play through it but i still want to see okay well what changes if i did yeah. X, Y, and Z, and and uh, that that type of stuff is always you know it's like the choose your own adventure type stuff where you're oh, like, sure, yeah. yeah, what happens if I did this instead of this, and you know from a storytelling type of uh, uh, look at it, I think that that's the, probably the most interesting uh, element of these Telltale games is is how they how they handle that and they handle it very well, I think, and uh, uh, definitely um, you know gets you to a point at the end of this one where you're you're you know, right in the, you know, it, it, it's the first one was introducing characters and especially people that weren't uh, familiar with the fables universe. This one, they introduce some more characters, but it's more about, you know, the story of, of what's, you know, what has happened. And now you've, you know, I think all, all, uh, you know, um, things are, things are, 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 have progressed to the point where it's going to be a lot more action and, and, you know, uh, Seeing seeing some of these stories play out, so it should be a lot of fun. Um, see if if the next one <laughs> comes out in in less time. Um, yeah, it's one of the concerns I think people are having with the Telltale games: is are they 
biting off more they can chew than they can chew with you know they've announced the Game of Thrones and then they've got a Borderlands game that they're going to be working well, on. Well, I'm sure they're expanding. Oh yeah, um, uh, they know, are. But uh, um, you're right though that the we can only hope that uh, as they expand, they're going to be able to maintain the level of quality that they've had for the last yeah. couple of outings. I, I don't think the quality is going to suffer, but I, I'm just wondering how they're going to be able to keep their schedule up of getting things out. Cause like the, mm-hmm. uh, I, I didn't play the, um, the walking dead season one until it was pretty much done. So it was, mm-hmm. I didn't have to wait, but it seemed like they were releasing them every six well, yeah, to eight, six it's, to eight weeks. Or it's something easy like to that. have them kind of catch up. Cause I had never played, for example, the, um, the the DLC for the season one of Walking Dead, 400 days. 400 days, yeah. And so I realized the other day that it's like, oh, shoot, I have that and episode one of season two for Walking Dead and episode two of Wolf Among Us, and I had, I had they were starting to stack up. So I, I'm mm-hmm. going to play through them. Um, I played through 400 days now, but I've still got the other two on deck, so to speak. Right. So, yeah, just being... Just be interesting to see as, as they now have two the two different properties going at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know where they were releasing when they only had the Walking Dead season one. They were pretty much getting able to release once every six to eight weeks, and I think it was probably three months between episode one and episode two of, of mm-hmm. the Wolf Among Us. So it's you know be interesting to see if they're going to be able to keep keep uh, keep yeah. Although I, I tell you what, there are two games that I am really looking forward to that are coming out soon. Which South are? Park, Stick of Truth. And Infamous. And Infamous Second Son. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that was going to be your other one, but yes. Oh, man. I, I love the first two Infamous games a lot. So I'm really looking forward to this one. Um, and then South Park is, no, it's like... Yeah, it's a no yeah, And plus all the previews make it sound like it's Really, really actually good. really yeah. good you know <laughs> yes. so it's um um i think because unfortunately that one's going to be coming out for the the previous generation of consoles not the new one i'm probably going to get it on the pc that one mm-hmm. um but uh just so i don't have to trying to minimize the amount of switching back and forth between consoles i have to do but see the thing is like that's where it gets tricky with for example season two of of walking dead because even if that was is, I think it is available on on PS4. But which one? See, Game of or Walking Dead, season two. No, it's, it's still it's only. Okay, a, well, so it wouldn't matter anyway because my save game from season one is on the PS3. Hmm. So if I want it to kind of continue on, which is part of the whole appeal of the game, I would have to kind of go back to that. Plus, they keep putting out all of these great games for free on. PlayStation Plus yep. for PS3 that I keep wanting to go back. There's too many games to play. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I started playing Ma- uh, Metro Last Light was was released on. Uh, yeah, that's that looks, that one looks good. Uh, yeah, I played a couple hours of that and it's 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 pretty good. So, uh, um, yeah. Well, you and I could talk for hours, uh, yeah. so especially <laughs> since it's been uh, three weeks, weeks since yeah. we've done yeah. this. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we, we can call it a night. Um, anybody that is listening after the fact, you can uh, leave us uh, comments on our website. You can also email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. 
Uh, we have a phone line at 704-89, excuse me, 704-981-1736. Uh, that's our voice line. And I just discovered that Google Hangout has added a uh, conferencing feature where we can take phone calls, apparently. Mm. Uh, we'll be testing that out, and uh, we'll, uh, if not, uh, include something like that for this show. I definitely think we will be trying to incorporate this with our uh, Beyond the Walls show. So we will uh, definitely be looking into that in the future. But uh, uh, next week, uh, if, if, uh, if everything works out, we will um, um, have another show so that we can get uh, Chooch and Viv on. Um, or we may skip a week because we were, we're going to do every other week until we get, because we're trying to um, take a little break in here so that when we can start up in April to going back to every week for uh, for uh, Beyond the Wall. So um, probably off next week and then come back in two weeks and have a full cast and hopefully a guest and we'll uh, do this again. So thanks, mm -hmm. Christiana, for joining. And uh, uh, Tim Always and a pleasure. Paulette <laughs> and uh, anybody else that stopped in and Viv for a minute to say hi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thanks, everybody. And uh, uh, we'll see you next time on SpectreMedia.com Presents Consumption. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to specficmedia.com presents consumption. If you'd like to send feedback, questions, comments, suggestions, complaints, you can email us at consumption at specficmedia.com. You can also leave us a voicemail at 704-981-1SFM. That's 704-981-1736. If you'd rather leave comments on our website, you can find posts for each show at specficmedia.com. This podcast is released under Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial share alike, 3.0 unported license. Feel free to share and remix. Just give us credit and don't charge money for it. 